And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And so, my fellow Americans, ask what you can do for your country. What's up, everybody? It's episode three of Somewhere in America, and I'm back. Lakota Gothard's back with Jalen Barnett and a new edition trey yates what's going on trey hey guys what's going on i'm happy to be part of this and uh you know whenever lakota told me to check it out and listen i was mad that he didn't ask me because i said and i've been wanting to do a podcast so here we are yeah it's a lot of fun i know that yep even if it's not amazing it's still fun to just sit and talk and yeah try it i think it's pretty amazing and i think that's what my main focus was is to do something that you know, you could kind of just get together and have fun and enjoy doing something like that. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yeah and it's a good way to catch up, too. I mean, yeah. we don't see each other all the time, but right. it's a good way once a week to yeah. catch up. And Well, me me and or both of you guys, we both have the same story. Like, we, I knew both of you guys, and I think you guys knew me. We just yeah. never talked. Yeah. And then one year, me and you ended up working together. Yep. But. Yeah, no, it's weird that you can go to school with somebody or... Yeah, I mean, even living in the same town. And now we're all definitely. connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, pretty wild. But uh, yeah, how's well, Mexico? Uh, it was great. Great. We just got back from Mexico y- yesterday. Now, so I'm gonna be a couple days. But it was uh, it's great. Weather is beautiful. Ninety degrees at the end of the day. Sixty five at night. Oh yeah, it's hard to beat that. So that's, yeah, and on the beach. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool. We're beautiful, at beautiful beach and in Cabo San Lucas, okay. and uh, we stayed at Las Ventanas and just a gorgeous, gorgeous resort with great food and great tequila and beautiful beach. So that was that was as good as it gets right there. Yeah, yeah, we're wanting to try to make our way down to Mexico. If not this year, then sometime soon. Yeah, I think Mexico gets like a bad rap because of just what you see in the media, and uh, but really, I mean it's really still a great country and yeah. i think that there's it's just like anywhere here in the u.s too there's places you go and there's places you right. don't so yeah i think that's uh, the exact same thing we we were going to a on a mission trip and um or not a mission trip but going to see the holy land in israel and i remember our um, guy that was taking us telling us that south albuquerque is more dangerous than the middle east yeah, yeah. and i i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if there's statistics to prove that but yeah I, when you watch the news, it kind of looks like that. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty true. Yep. Yeah, there's always something happening in Albuquerque. Somebody dying or somebody getting shot. Or, yep. Yeah, it's yeah. a little rough. Well, they just they just brought up uh, more state police over there to help with enforcing everything because the crime was getting so bad and all that. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, we've had the worst luck. We've, we've had three vehicles broken into in Albuquerque. Wow. And that's not to say that Albuquerque is not a great city. I mean, I, I love enjoy going and they got great food and, mm-hmm. you know, they have family there and... Uh, we 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 do a lot of business in Albuquerque too, so I I do enjoy it. It's just you just like you, you go to certain places and you don't, you know. That's that's how I think it is with anywhere. Yep. So yeah, I have a friend that just has been up there for not very long. Uh, 
I think a year or something. And she said that it's just like what happens. Like, don't leave anything valuable in your car because it will get broken into. And I guess that's something that you just get used to. Kind of a you know better situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, but not down here. I mean, you, you, right. grow, you grow up, you leave in your truck unlocked. But then, yep. unfortunately, people do take advantage of that here, too. Yep. It's just you get so used to leaving your vehicle unlocked or having valuables in plain sight, you know. So Yeah. That's part of it. So. Yeah, I mean, you pull up to a gas station, leave your truck running, mm-hmm. go inside and expect. I have, a, I have a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. So there will be spoilers in this episode, probably having to do with uh, the season finale or series finale of Game of Thrones. Yes. So if you are have not seen it, then I encourage you to see it and then tune back in at this point right here. So. Yes. And I will not be spoiling it for you guys because I have not watched it. So don't blame me. <laughs> so what did you think, first of all, of the whole season, not just the last episode? You know, I, I think I was so excited about there was the buildup, and uh, you know, I, I watched I watched it all, not as it came out, but started you know halfway through and then watched everything, and then uh, about two months ago I decided to just restart watching it, yeah. and I tried to get my wife Lexi to you know back in on it, and she would never watched it before, and so we watched them all you know seventy plus episodes or whatever it was right. in two months and got you know caught up and. Then, you know, she even had, we, because of that, we built up some suspense and right. it was, it was, I was excited for it. I enjoyed most of it. There was parts that I would, you know, I would have done different, but yeah. at the end of the day, I think that it, uh, I think it accomplished what it, need to, it needed to accomplish and everyone knew that you can't just end a, se- a series like that, you know, perfectly. Right. So there's so much loose ends that had to be tied up that. I feel like they could have done it a whole nother se- season. Yeah. And um, at least it's encouraging to hear that they're going to do a whole nother s- couple other series. Right. But. Um, yeah. No, the, I think what's good about it was it was somewhat resolved. So it didn't leave you like, well, now what? I mean, kind of, but it was somewhat resolved, which is good. But the way it was resolved. And was, when you say resolved, you're meaning that uh, Jon Snow got to. Um, yeah, he got exiled. Some, no, but the important part there is he did get to pet Ghost. True. He, had to, he got to have his moment with Ghost. <laughs> yeah. And they walk, got to walk off into the sunset yeah. together. So yes. was that the last season, or is there, are they making oh, more? No, it's done. That's it. It's done. done. So a question for both of you guys. Would you say that it being so long that they did a pretty good job of keeping it all well put together and then coming to a good ending? Because I know I've read a lot of stuff on social media where people are saying, like, it's really, really hard to have something that long and then finish it really good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's why I think it definitely, they did what they needed to, accomplish, to do to accomplish right. that is yeah. what I think. So. Yep. No, I think that the writing was good. But, like, I mean, social media went crazy. Right. So everybody's blaming the writers, and it's kind of like giving the show a bad rap. And I don't think that was it. I don't, I don't think it was the writer's fault. I think it was just this seven-season buildup of the greatest television series in history, and they had to end it, and nobody was going to be happy, you know? Right. Yeah, everyone was divided and had their favorite characters and their favorite thing. just want to point out 
that my boy Samuel Tarley is still around. He's not dead. He's alive, and he is sitting in the council. Yep. He is he's, he's set for life. Yep. And I'm glad that I could see him succeed in that role. Yeah. Um, yeah, and following his character specifically, he was kind of destined for that, right? I mean, when he went to Castle Black to begin with, he was kind of the maester's hand, and then went to train it or yeah study it oh man i can't remember the city but he went and studied to be a maester and then now he's grand maester or whatever it saved saved sir jorah mm-hmm. and um yeah, yeah i think i think that that's you know sam was just it was a great character he was one of my uh he's one of the things i appreciated the most about the show was his uh, character and the way he was set up mm-hmm. so yeah I also like how they ended Arya. Yes. I think that that was cool. I was not disappointed. I didn't think she was going to stick around. Yeah, let's see where uh, West uh, Westeros is. <laughs> yeah. That's um, something that, you know, if if the writers are listening, yeah, uh, I want to know where is West of Westeros, you know? Yeah. So I want to see where she goes. I want to see what happens. And it's, you know, I think that... Uh, I, I hate to see Danny go, but... Yeah. Uh, Hey, she went mad. You almost can't blame him, but at the same time, it sucks. Yeah, and I think they have other things like like uh, Zantac, you know, for <laughs> certain, certain scenarios. <laughs> like that. So I think that could uh, help that out. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it ended just as okay as it could have. Yeah. But. And you know what? It's, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's not going to consume our lives anymore. We're just going to talk about it. Plenty more. Yeah. Which, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I need to watch it so that. Well, now you can, yeah, you can, and then we, we could talk you through it the whole way. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what I did with Lexi. Every, every like five minutes, I would, we would talk about it. That's what I did with my so, parents. Yeah. It's, I'm, yeah. When my parents started watching it, it was like at the end of ev- like every night, my mom would text me and be like, I can't believe this happened, or mm-hmm. why did they kill this person? And it was like, yeah, just wait. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I told her from the beginning, you can't get attached to anybody because they'll probably get killed off. I was looking at the stats on it, and there it was a record-breaking 17.4 million viewers for for the series finale. Yeah, for the series finale. Jeez. And then episode or in season seven, it was 16.9. Wow. I believe. For the season finale of seven. 16.1. Yep. Jeez. Well, yeah, and that's like there's definitely the, the money to be made in shows like that that can build up steam, and I think that there are a couple other major, you know, you, HBO does it, but also Amazon's trying to come out with what they hope is like their Lord of the Rings version mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones, where they have, you know, they're gonna do a series and do so much character development, and yeah. that's what that's what I need. I when I watch a movie, I kind of long for not having as much character develop of you know, yeah. and so I, I wish I could see like. Yeah, I wish movies were, were longer. That's why I prefer TV shows than movies yeah. is because I could um, really just... Get attached. Yeah, and, and you can... There's so many other details, right? It's not, all right, we only have 90 minutes or we have, you know, yep. two hours. Yep. Personally, I don't even like watching a movie unless it's longer than two hours. Yeah. But... Uh, yep. It's like The Office. The Office has nine seasons of character development and the first season's kind of hard to get through because you don't know the people, you know? Well, I think a lot of it, 
I'm, I'm, like most people, I would think you like have you you like knowing there's something to to go like something more coming. Yeah. You know, with a movie, it just ends like you were saying. But with the TV show, there's more to look forward to. Yeah. And it, you get attached to it, and mm-hmm. you get enveloped by this. Yeah, but that that doesn't TV mean show. that I didn't cry like a baby in Dumbo. So I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, all these TV shows, like everything that we're talking about, is is emotional. Mm-hmm. I cried in Game of Thrones. I cried in The Office. Uh, Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. Yeah. Do you guys watch the 100? No, I've I've never seen 100. I've seen like you need to start the the first couple seasons, and but I can't remember very much other than like the premise of right. these hundred kids get sent down to yeah. Earth, which is supposed to be. See, when I first started it, I didn't think that it was going to be very good, mm-hmm. but it turned it in. I was addicted to it, yeah. kind of like you guys with Game of Thrones. Yeah, you had to see it. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I watched it. Man, I can't remember how long it took me, but it wasn't that long. Yeah. I just binge watched it. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's how I, we did with the league, and then it just got too, like, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that, I don't, that shows. <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of want to go back and watch it now, just thinking about it. I never finished it. I don't, is it me did either? It, did I have it no idea. Or, yeah. Yeah, so, I have no clue. Well. But it was, yeah, that's some of those stupid TV shows, like Workaholics is kind of like that. Yeah. You start it, and it's funny, and you want to binge watch really fast but then it's like then it gets to the point where it's like all right maybe there's something else on yeah yeah i think you gotta take it for what it's worth too and so it's yeah yeah but then you hate like getting into a show and then you stop and then you feel like you didn't finish something yeah mm-hmm. or you feel like you wasted your time because you didn't finish it yeah. you know so and that's why so. like stranger things i watched season one and like half of season two and it was good but I mean, I probably stopped watching a month ago, and I don't know yeah. why I haven't finished. I, mean, I think every TV show has that wall, yeah. you know, that a lot of people can't get over. And if you can get through that, then yeah, um, then it's you know you can get back on track. But for me, in Game of Thrones, it was just the whole deal with the High Scepter. I just did not dig that yeah. whole time, you know. And, and oh then the yeah. The whole time, also, whenever they were um, um, torturing uh, Theon, Theon, I just. They, they, what, one thing Game of Thrones does great is that they get you, they, they get you attached to the characters you love and they make you hate the, hate the characters that you should hate. Yes. And so that, you know, that, that was a great moment. I think for Lexi, that wall came in whenever, whenever, um, yeah, completely spaced on the first, the first, uh, Robert's son that wasn't Joffrey. his son. When King Joffrey, wouldn't die <laughs> yeah i mean she's i kept telling her like just keep just keep watching uh-huh. and she's like no unless he dies i'm not gonna watch anymore i said like, we'll just keep watching uh-huh. you know and finally it happened so yeah. that's and i guess i think that has that's a testament to the actor's ability to make you hate them mm-hmm. i mean it's the writing also but it's also how good of an actor is that person that they can literally make you hate them well, I mean, it's not hard to hate someone when they kill people with crossbows, but true, <laughs> and chop off Lord Stark's head. Yeah, but yep. I did hate, I did hate him, and I guess he did a good job of making me hate him. So yep. that was a good point. Speaking of a crossbow, I think it's funny that King Robert died just like in an easy. Like it, it wasn't easy, but it was just so. I don't know. The, the, awkward the, the and way, random. Well, in in the way that. They made everything so violent, right? Yeah. You know, whether it's Joffrey stringing people up and then shooting them with a crossbow or, 
you know, someone's just getting completely decapitated. I think that the way that King Robert died was an interesting. You know, it was it was way it was interesting the way they did that. I, and but it, to, for it to happen on a boar hunt, right, it's just and that's relatable to now. Like, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess yeah. I guess you could say that you know most scenarios in hunting are dangerous, and you always got to be prepared for what what you're out there and doing. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah, but, anything can get you out there. Yeah, especially in certain places of the world. You know. Yep. You're I know. Careful. I know elk hunting. I've been on quite a few elk hunts, and I've been charged by bears a countless number of times. Yeah. Nothing. They're all bluff charges. That's right. what they call them. You know. Yeah. But it's still. It's so still, they just run after you and like they just kind of scare get you off pretty close and swipe at you and then yeah. they end up running off. But. Jeez. Yeah. It's definitely intense. Well, yeah. I could. That would. That would freak out. I would just turn around and start running as fast as I could. I don't know what I did. I had an encounter like that when I was. Uh, like 12 or 13 and uh it was me and drew grantham and uh we were at our ranch um, in northern new mexico and i was actually taking a leak and uh drew's behind me and you know at that time i i hadn't ever been hunting you know we were probably 12 or 13 and drew's you know pretty avid hunter and we're uh down there and i'm peeing and uh, he goes bear and I look up, and there's a bear probably, I don't know, 30 yards away. And <laughs> I pull my pants up and turn around, and I just take off. And because I and, and I knew at that point, I'm not fast, but I'm faster than Drew. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I took off running, and <laughs> we get back to the house, you know, and he's just getting all mad at me. You're never supposed to run when you see a bear. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I just freaked out, and you know. Yeah. You so lived up to the the joke that everybody says that you just have to be faster than your, the guy you're with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, and we, you know, we were just out running around in, you know, tennis shoes and shorts, and so yep. it was. But we got out of there, and that's we went. Uh, I, I just got back from hunting in Lanai, mm-hmm. yeah, Lanai. And um, it's a small island off the coast of Maui, and uh, there's oh. axis deer, thousands of them. I think they said somewhere around 18,000 axis deer live on this 90,000-acre island. Yeah. And what's interesting there is there isn't any predators. Mm-hmm. There's, That's why they're so plentiful. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. They're, the only predators are humans mm-hmm. and disease, and if you don't manage them, then you you have a, you know, they, they, they would die off. Epidemic. And, yeah, and it, you would, so through this intensive managing program that the island has they also allow hunt hunters yep. and uh we got to go and we you know it's beautiful you stay three or four days on this island in hawaii you know and beautiful beach and go out there and go out in the morning before sun comes up be out there down there at five o'clock and it was the craziest experience because i don't know if, if y'all have ever hunted axis deer but axis deer bark so we get out at like five in the morning and it's pitch black we get out of the truck and, you know, we're being as quiet as we can. And just all of a sudden, everywhere you hear is, bow, 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 bow. And it, there's so many axis deer around you. And so you think, well, that's, that's got to be an easy hunt, right? Right. No, it's even, it makes it even harder. And we were with rifles. I can't imagine doing it with a bow. Yeah. But uh, there's so many deer around you that they're, everyone's alert. Right. So you make any wrong move that anything that's out of the ordinary and they all bolt. Yeah. And you're in some grass that's, that's tall and brush you know and it was it was just but it was it was gorgeous yeah. and the i mean axis deer is the meat's just the best you know so it's yep. we oh, were 
What was the terrain like? Like, I imagine almost like tall grasslands, but was it like forest or? It it looked like, part of it looked like a scene straight out of Jurassic Park. Yeah. So we we spent some time in a really forested area. Um, We we didn't see anything. We saw a couple there, but we never had a shot. Um, At that point, it was my father-in-law. He was hunting. That was in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, earlier in that morning, we were hunting in an area that the locals call the Serengeti. That's oh, kind of more yeah. open, grassier, but also you had these big, um, uh, the name's escaping me right now, but it's a, a bush with like just a real bush with a bunch of flowers on it and real thorny, but they're everywhere. Oh yeah. And so they, they were hard to get through. Um, our, our guide that we had with us, his name was Alec and he put me on one for like pretty early in the morning and, uh, I was laying down. And a shot, and uh, I heard it hit him, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, you get that hollow noise, you know. And he said, You got him, he's down. And at that point, I reloaded, and he said, He's getting back up, put another one in him. But from where I was laying down, I couldn't see him, and he was standing behind me. Yeah. I couldn't see him, and so I, I stood up, and by that point, I couldn't see him. I still couldn't find him. And he said, Put another one in him, put another one in him. And he took off. Oh, man. Hmm. And unfortunately, we never found him. Yeah. Um, he's, he ended up actually calling me the next day, and he said he think he, he thinks he found him and he got him. Um, he wasn't dead yet, so you know they, they'll be able to have the meat still. Yeah. Um, but later in that afternoon, we uh, went back out, and uh, my father-in-law got one. Yeah. And then I still had mine, and uh, we're driving down a road at about four thirty. And it's you know the sun sun goes down about five five thirty six o'clock uh, maybe a little later seven probably and uh, I'm just driving down the road and the guy goes buck I'm like where you know I don't I can't see anything out there right. so no there's a buck out there I see him so okay so we get out at this point we're about four hundred fifty yards away and you know so my my father in law stays at the truck and. Uh, the guy and I start going down. We're just, you know, stalking. That's that's basically the hunt there is like spot, spot and stalk. Stalk. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going and uh, trying to be as quiet as we can. We get up to about 300 yards and finally I can see him. Yeah. And he's laying down in those bushes that I was describing. He's laying down like right behind one of those. And the axis deer are in velvet right there. Oh, and so okay. all you could see was just this, the velvet shining. Uh-huh. And so we're laying there. He said, I, I think we need to get a little closer. You know, and he, I'm like, okay, well, so let's try to get to like 225. Yeah. And we get to 225. And right whenever we get over there, about 40 other axes to your walk into the clearing. Oh, no. And there's only this one right there behind the bush. Uh-huh. And everything else is in the clearing. There are mostly does. There's a couple smaller bucks. Yeah. And this one's still laying down. Yeah. So all we can see is his antlers. I can see his ears every time, once he shakes his head every now and then. Yeah. But he's just relaxing. And, uh, we, we lay there and we we end up laying there for about 45 minutes and not i didn't pull my head back from the scope once and was sweating you know, uh-huh. neck neck was about to give out i felt like it was you know so strained because i was tense and uh-huh. had my you know finger on the trigger and was just ready for him to stand up because he could have stood up at any time yeah and i found myself just you know kind of like wanting to throw a rock down there and hope he'd stand up but i didn't want to you know i kept asking him, i said should you try to get him up and he said no because if we spook him he'll stand up and just bolt and you may never even have a shot right so we're getting to, it took about 45 minutes and finally, um, 
I don't know what kind of birds they are. They call them cowbirds, you know, because they follow cows around. But there, there's only axis deer, so they follow the axis deer around. Yeah. And uh, the axis deer was was right behind that bush, and the bird flew in, and the bird startled him, but yeah. not enough to where he freaked out, but startled him enough to stand up. Right. And he standed up, and he turned just broadside on me, and I shot him right through the front shoulder, um, dropped him there, and. Uh, we went up on him after we got there, and it was it was hard because we we wanted to you know take the picture and everything, but it was in such a brushy area we had to get him out out of there. Uh-huh. And so once we got him out, um, which was a whole other chore in all itself, because those axis deer, we saw some early in the morning that are smaller than a whitetail. Yeah. But, uh, my my buck I got was just about the size of a mule deer. Yeah. And so we, but we had to keep him elevated enough that none of the bushes scraped off the velvet. Mm. And so. To hold an axis deer up around your chest, you know, yeah. and we didn't only we didn't have to go very far, just about two hundred yards, but it was it was a chore to get him up, you know, hold to keeping him in the air. So yeah. um, we we got him there, you know, got the pictures, but it was it was a great hunt, and yeah. we have some of the meat, and man, it's it's delicious. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get, we'll get some after this. We'll try some of the stuff they made us. Um, Sweet. But going back to the whole not there being any predators thing is was bizarre like once you gutted them yeah the gut pile would last there for two or three weeks yeah because wow. the wow. birds the birds would only you know so we, we saw previous hunters a cute walk up and they'd be just oh it's smelling horrible you know uh-huh. and it was because you found this gut pile that had been there for two weeks you know because there's no predators he said i asked him he says yeah only all we got is a, some birds but you're an island so there's not a ton of birds out there right you have the birds and we have a couple feral cats yep other than that, there's nothing else. Wow. That's crazy. We had this, uh, there's only one processor on the island, right? That processes the meat. And this guy is just a complete trip. His <laughs> name's Bob the Butcher. Uh-huh. And I recommend using him if whoever anyone goes and hunts in Lanai. But, man, he is, every day we saw him, you know, he was wearing the same exact thing, like cargo shorts with the strings hanging down and flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. And no shirt, you know, but man, he makes some good sausage. And yeah. he said, uh, <laughs> this sounded bad, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Yeah, no, he um, he said that he's probably 52 years old, I think, is what yeah. he said. And he said, you know what? When I was 48, I thought I should probably do something else with my life other than drink Dr. Pepper and smoke weed. So I started <laughs> my own butcher shop. And that's, that's where he's at now, you know. And he said that, you know, guys like Joe Rogan have hunted there and uh, they use Bob and Actually, while we were there, Jim and Eva Shockey were there, and they, they used Bob. And I can't imagine how their hunt went because I, I saw some video of them, and they did videos right. while they were hunting, you yeah. know, and they were talking and stuff. And I can't imagine that because these deer, they were, they were so jumpy. So on edge. Yeah, and any time, like, I mean, any any noise, and they t- took off running. Yeah. So, but no, it was, it was a great hunt, so we really enjoyed it. Good. That would be so much fun. That's probably up there. Like... You can shoot axis in Texas, but it's right. something about shooting axis in yeah, Hawaii. It's, it's yeah. different shooting them while they're wild. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah, that's they are wild. Yeah, you know, yeah. so many people have hunted axis deer, but it's in a high fence, you know. Yeah. And, right. and there are some wild axis deer in Texas, yeah. but uh, kind of down in the hill country area, but not a ton. So. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. And just the sheer population of them. Is, that, that would be cool to see. Yeah. Just how many there is and yeah. that... I could see how they're so skittish, though, because there's nothing to really, for them to get used to. Yeah. Like, down here, we have coyotes, mountain lions, bears, yeah. all this stuff for all the animals to get used to. But 
Yeah. What, what did you shoot your axis with? Uh, we had six five Creedmoor that they um, we didn't we didn't want to travel with our rifles, um, just just out of ease, you right. know. And so they had some great rifles with uh, Swarovski scopes and it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, I'm not too good at archery hunting yet, but that would be a cool hunt to archery hunt. Yeah, those would be challenging. Joe Rogan said that, and that our guide Alec. Um, was Joe Rogan's guide, and he had to. He made Joe Rogan take his shoes off to yeah. be quiet enough so he could sneak up on on these you know axis gear. And so that was just a it's a funny story that you know even told he told him, hey, take your shoes off. He said he was out there in white socks running across the red dirt. Yeah, you know, so that makes that he's told him that he gave him hell because his socks got dirty. <laughs> yeah, was it real but, like know, wet and moist there? No, no, it was really dry. Was really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. See, when I pictured it, I pictured it being like really moist like humid dewy right. yeah that's how i see it but maybe that's yeah. just because i've seen pictures that like well and there's like definitely that. different parts of hawaii this this island's more desert yeah uh, desert oriented so huh but I, I have a picture up on my instagram so you know if you take yeah. a look at that uh, there are access here that we got from a couple of weeks ago so yeah no it's weird to think about hawaii because you have lanai that's kind of got a desert climate and then you have hawaii the big island that's a giant volcano and then you have maui that's forest and yeah i think they, they all have their like different ecosystems yeah. and that's they are all unique um you know our, our favorite island is lanai and that's yeah. the one we like to go to the most but um i think they all have their own things going for yeah. them Dif- different things you know it's cool yeah that's one place i've never been but it's on my it's on my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, and like this, the hunt's not absurdly expensive either. You uh-huh. know, it's a pretty good price, and you get, you know, you get the opportunity for three of them. You know, so yeah. it's not, uh, it's not outrageous. Yeah. It's no worse than buying an out-of-state hunt license in Texas. No, I mean it's 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 just minimal compared to what you'd see from hunting on most most game ranches oh, or yeah. most um, you know anywhere where you'd go with someone. So go guided, yeah. That is that's one expensive business though. So. Hunting, yeah, yeah. That's you can make a lot of money in it if you really do it right. Yep, you can spend a lot of money on it too. Yeah, you can spend a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we have we have a place just out. uh, My grandparents' place about an hour and a half away from here, and and, uh, we sell a lot of the hunts out there. And you know, we people come in and they spend fifteen thousand dollars on an elk hunt. Yeah, and they don't want to. um, They don't want to shoot just any type of elk, right? Right. Last year we only had like a forty-eight percent uh, kill rate because they only most of those hunters they all had opportunities, but right. you know, unless there was this just world-class bull, they didn't want to shoot him. Yeah, and so that's that's I crazy. Kind of relate to that because I I do a lot of guiding mm-hmm. up there, and my parents live up there also. But last year was a pretty bad year for elk. Yeah, they didn't finish out very well, yeah. and there really wasn't. There were still some big bulls, but there it wasn't like other years. Yep. It was definitely hard to find a, a shooter bull. Mm-hmm. Do you think that had to do with just dry conditions? Oh, and, yeah. 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 yeah it was, and the, the rut came early, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This was yep. lava before season, and it was, it was hot and yeah. it was dry. It didn't, they didn't finish out with their groceries. Yeah. You could, <laughs> you could really tell because up front, they had really good forks up front. And then when it came to their back well tails, they just kind of petered out and there there's a lot of five by fives yeah five points whatever yep. your preference is to say but yeah huh yeah i'm so glad i drew out this year 
uh but it's kind of a it's a wilderness unit so that's gonna be fun though. one road in one road out yeah yeah you drive in you set up base camp a couple of days early and then when you're ready to hunt you pack a tent and you hike yep so i'm excited for that it's gonna be challenging but it's gonna be fun it's gonna be my first real elk hunt with my dad good bonding time yeah it'll be fun Going, going back and uh like you were saying eva and jim shockey were recording their hunts i mean lakota had also tried to do that and it is very <laughs> it's so much harder than you think yeah it's not just a push record and yeah let's go out there and do it yeah it's, even if you have like a good eye for it like yeah. your equipment has to be good and the the timing the time of day has to be good and the lighting has to be good and it's not easy and getting a lot of getting a lot of good footage, I think, is the hardest part. Yeah. And then weaning through all of it and finding, yeah, what makes the show or whatever it yeah. is that you're trying to do. But when, when you're on a three day hunt, you have a limited, yeah. you know, a limited amount. Yeah. And ev- I mean, when people most of the time when people watch hunting videos, they want to just skip to the end, mm-hmm. watch the kill shot, and then, like in our case, we went on an antelope hunt and got it on film and got an antelope and we, then we went on an yeah. elk hunt uh-huh. three days and we came out with nothing and it was like we had like five minutes of footage <laughs> yeah. whether we got one or not we still had no footage because it was just like it was just hard to find the time to record it yep. and you can only record somebody walking so much you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's that's what the best part is though i think like my father-in-law like he's he's who i've hunted with and i think our favorite thing is just more you're out there and being out in the wild and being able to, yeah, you know, sure. you're, that's, that's the best part about it. And where this, sure. this, you know, this hunt in Hawaii was not, wasn't like that, right? You're not, you you were out in the wild, but you were always, you know, 15 minutes away from, from town or, you know, you had phone service, but a lot of the hunts that, you know, or the hunts that I've gone on here in New Mexico, that's, you know, you're, you're out there, no phone service. It's, it's isolation. Yeah. And it's peaceful. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Uh-huh. You know, it's, yeah. so it, we, we we also hunt in Texas and it's it's totally different, right? Right. You know, it's it's nice. That that's also nice, right? To right. be able to wake up at six and go get in the blind with a cup of coffee and you know, and then just sit there and wait too. So right. there's definitely two types of hunting, yeah. and I don't think either one's right or wrong. I think it's just what you know preference. Yep. But uh, I agree. I think everyone should have some kind of connection connection with nature, though. And yeah. Being out there for however long even if it's just a couple of days with no phone service and yeah. even if it's just camping yeah you don't even have to be hunting yeah. just camping but is... i think everyone should should see how it feels to know that you can't just call someone for a pizza yeah. or if you get hurt you know you really gotta you got to do something about yeah, it you gotta buck up and you gotta figure out what to do yep no i think it makes you really appreciate what we have in our everyday lives yeah and we have a house to go to and we have running water and a shower and a toilet and you know little things that are just part of everyday life that you don't realize yeah you take advantage of it and then when it's not there you really really miss it and i think you need to get away from that to really appreciate it for what it's worth i've done it my whole life and i don't think i'll ever quit oh yeah well like this weekend we're planning on going camping and yeah that's it's not even like a not necessarily a worry but you know that's what you need is what you want to do everything's going to be fun yep you know you get to get away from work 
Yeah. That's probably the best part. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have to answer any phone calls. Yep, I'm not going to have to talk to you. clients. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are y'all going camping at? Uh, we're probably just going to go up by Weed, maybe. Maybe closer to Cloudcroft. I don't, we haven't really decided on it. Yeah. That's where I, I was. That's my, my grandparents' place is up there close to Weed. And well, yeah. And yes, there is a town in New Mexico named Weed. Yes, my parents <laughs> so, live there and they uh, don't smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I drove from from there to uh, um, Timberon. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, what's that? What's that road? The the canyon there. Um, Surveyor's Ray, Canyon. Ray Abel or uh, Scott Abel. Scott Abel Canyon. Yep. And you know, I, I got a flat, flat out there. Oh. And there's no phone service. Once you get back in there, it gets and, pretty creepy. Yeah, my, I completely would just. Yeah, that was. I'm glad that uh, we were able to get that taken care of because, but I definitely there was no AAA. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. there was it was it was a rough road and there was no phone service and I was in that pickup and. Yep. Three quarter ton, and it was just bouncing around, and you know, was, golly, that was not uh, that was not fun. Yeah, <laughs> stiff suspension. Yeah, yeah. Especially during the winter, I've gone through there countless number of times during the winter, and when that road ices over, well, it, it ices over so bad because of the trees all around the road, mm-hmm. you know, and it never gets sunlight. Yeah. And I've slid off the side of that road so many times, yeah. and there's running water too, and a lot yeah. of that. So then yep. the water gets across the road, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Wow. It's a beautiful drive, but it was it was rough. You know, I think it's like I think twelve miles. It took me like an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's yep. Man, it's almost like being in the city, like a big city. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know which one I'd rather look at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. for sure the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the good thing about driving in the mountains is it's just peaceful. You can ride with the windows down, and it's cool, and you hear the birds. Yep. And, yeah, it's nice. Smells good too. Yes, there's something about that pine in the air. Yeah, yep. I, I envy my parents that they get to live up there yeah. every day. Yep. My dad does construction. I wish I could do that every day <laughs> up there. Yeah. And you probably could, but it's just a matter of making it sustainable. Yep. That's the. Yeah, I think everyone up there has like their, you know, they got the, what they that works for them. Mm-hmm. you know and they all have a lot of them have like little uh side deals and their side hustle you know and kind of what they got going to make to make it work so they can live up there you know yep. you don't have to have a lot to live up there a lot of folks don't but a lot of you know people lo- love it and enjoy it and that's all they need yeah so it yeah is beautiful I th- yeah i think kind of elaborating on not having a lot but having what you need if you can find a way to appreciate appreciate what you have and appreciate where you live and just not want more i don't know if that makes sense but there's like you get to a certain point where it's like i don't i think i'm kind of right there like i don't need more and i'm not going to be the first i'm not you know everyone knows me and i'm i'm not going to say that i'm a minimal minimalist by any standards but uh no i i, I do enjoy that still you know yeah. and that's there's i think there's i guess definitely a time and place for it and yep. i think everyone needs to at least experience it once you know yeah so. for sure yeah, it's funny. My dad just started kind of, he's kind of getting into this nature boy expeditions kind of thing. And uh, so he's got a couple of people that are coming from Texas who don't have access to the wilderness like we do here. So they're coming from Texas and going to pay him to just take them up into the mountains somewhere and live for in a tent for five days. And, you know, like that's crazy that, I mean, I kind of grew up around it and Jalen grew up around it and you grew up 
with your grandparents in the mountains and there's some people who've never even seen the mountains or like never seen right. snow or right well yeah and that's when i went to school at texas a&m and all not i'm not gonna say all but majority of my friends were from the houston area yeah. they, they've never seen snow right you know and that's it was so crazy to them one one day in college station it was like 35 degrees and raining and they canceled class because of people didn't know how to drive and people were afraid that there would be ice and i'm like there's not ice it's 35 degrees <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will say that cold weather when it's humid is brutal though really 35 degrees where there's a place where 90 percent humidity oh it's it, it cuts right through anything you're wearing and it's yeah. cold huh. you know, i'd rather be in five or ten degrees here in new mexico than 35 degrees in the you know the, yeah. with the humidity there's just thick you know it's that's that yeah, that sucks so wow yeah i think it's kind of the same with the heat i'd rather have the dry heat than the hot humid yeah heat of texas but yeah i used to be a huge cold person and all i wanted was for winter to come and this year kind of kicked my butt i was ready for winter to be over this year yeah I, I was too and now like a 90 degree day i'm like all right i want winter back yep. <laughs> it kind of sucks you got to take take what you got though yeah well especially here in new mexico one day it's raining one day it's snowing yeah. The next it's 110 degrees mm-hmm. you can't ever get used yeah to if, if you don't like the weather just wait five minutes but <laughs> yeah i think that right now with what we're in too is that's my favorite part about new mexico is during the summer yeah because it's hot during the day but you know seven nine o'clock at night it's beautiful yeah you can sit outside all evening you know mm-hmm. it's the weather's great and it starts to cool off i definitely took that for granted once i moved to texas that it was just once it once it got dark, no, it was, it was still it was still stayed hot. the same temperature because yeah, of the humidity. Yeah. Now you get a trade off because then you got green grass instead of right. brown grass. <laughs> right. We we uh, were flying back from Texas just uh, two or three weeks ago, and as we were about to land, Lexi looked over at me and she said, "Why do we live here again?" <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, we're still home, you know. So yeah. that's yeah. No, I think a land of enchantment. Yeah, New Mexico can grow on you. Like, even my wife, she likes big cities, and she's in a place where I think she's content with living here. I mean, if the opportunity arises and we end up going somewhere else, then we do. But I think she's finally, I, would, I don't want to say gotten comfortable, but kind of like accepted that maybe she's going to have to stay in Mexico for a while. And well, let's go this. She accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she's stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe she's just doing it for you. Maybe. Maybe. But she's also got her niece and a nephew on the way and friends yeah. and family and so. No, she's... It's 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 a nice place to live. Yeah. Like you said, it, it grows on you. Yeah. And I think there's other parts of New Mexico. Like where we're at, it's kind of boring. Like it's mm-hmm. just desert, but... Well, right. yeah, it's a drive anywhere you go, right? right? And you get accustomed to making... The, you know, if you got to drive an hour somewhere or... Do, in our case, it's usually three or four hours. Yeah, to get. definitely three or four. And so if you're, you know, that's, that's not a problem. Yeah. But, uh, but the cool part about New Mexico is you can drive from where we're at. You can drive an hour and a half and be in the mountains. You can drive an hour and be at one of the biggest caves in the United States. And, like, there's cool little stuff. Yeah, but I'm not going around. until they get that elevator fixed because <laughs> I can't go down there and up into those. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm not messing around with that. So. <laughs> When my cousin Ben was here, he'd been up to Jewel Cave in South Dakota, and it's not 
It's Did not. Did you just say South Dakota? South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> He's been to Jewel Cave in South Dakota, but uh, it's not really big rooms. They're like narrow caves, but it's one of the longest cave. I don't know structures. I guess in the yeah. United States, and it's really pretty inside. There's like the stalagmites and stalactites are all colored differently, and they have like bake, what looks like bacon strips on the wall and. Uh, but he came to, and the only way to get down there is through an elevator. And so we came here and we got to walk into it and he was, he was having that. There's an elevator that takes you to bacon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to look into that. Yeah, that'd be nice. We need our own bacon elevator. <laughs> our own bacon brand. Yeah. There you go. Hey, are you still going to look into getting a tequila brand? It would be. I, there was an article that came out a couple of years ago, and it was about George Clooney and his tequila. Uh-huh. And George Clooney's made more money selling his tequila company than he has in his whole acting career. That's insane. Huh. And he's, his tequila company, I can't remember exactly the way it, it happened, but I think it was just one of him and his friend just wanted their own tequila to have, you know, to, to give to their friends and to drink, mm-hmm. you know, socially with others. And it ended up, you know, becoming a huge thing, and it turned into Casamigos, and the House of Friends is what the way that translates. And they just, uh, you know, they sold it for a billion dollars, and that's just Jeez, crazy wow. that that you know someone could do that. And so every time after I read that, I told you, I was like, man, you know, that'd be awesome. And now that uh, we're spending a little more time in Mexico, and you know, I I, I love agave plants. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that it. I don't know. I think this is how great ideas start. Though. Well. <laughs> I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 And if, if, if you need a taste tester, I'm not a <laughs> huge fan of tequila, but it's cause you haven't had good tequila. So many people in the U S have just drinking tequila is just in a shot. Right. And it's usually something that you only do after you've had more, more than enough to drink. <laughs> right. So no one picture. likes it. Yeah. No, the tequila there, you know, people drink tequila at two o'clock in the afternoon and it's not like a, let's get hammered thing. It's just out of pure enjoyment. And yeah. that's, good tequila you can really taste taste the difference and wow. it's um i guess that's the same stuff. with everything though i mean like wine there's except there's for fireball two. yeah that's true <laughs> there's, there's no, no there's good no. fireball <laughs> there's no good cinnamon whiskey but uh like wine you have good wine and you have bad wine and i think yeah. it's preference also because there's some wine that i don't like like i don't like white wine but like a merlot or a cabernet is okay and yeah, whiskey's the same way. There's some scotches that are better than mm-hmm. Jack, you know? I think that'd be a fun business to get into and yeah. watch it grow. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool. Or just yeah. just to see other people, like, enjoying something that you thought that's yours, you know? Right. And that, I think that's how anything really is, you know? You, yeah. you get a lot of personal enjoyment from seeing others enjoy something. Yep. And that's, you know, that's the idea behind it. I don't think it'll ever happen, but if it does, then we'll come back to this podcast, and that'll be a... Be where it started, right? Yeah, here. we'll come back exactly. to episode three, right here. <laughs> yep, this started Trey Yates's tequila company. And it's somewhere in America. Thank you guys so much for tuning into episode three of Somewhere in America. We had great feedback from the first couple of episodes, as well as some good constructive criticism that we worked on. So keep it coming. We're not perfect, and we need to know what you guys like and don't like. So share, subscribe, follow, leave a review. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Also, a special shout out to Anchor and Spotify for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. We'll be back to you with another episode here before too long.